0: You're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today.
1: It's fascinating is that when the gun went off, these professional runners, they took off at a near sprint. See, they weren't only built for this. They'd also been trained for it. Uh, but watching those guys do that, it had an effect on other people in the race, you could see the second wave of runners taking off with the same vigor, trying to maintain the same pace. And, and these runners in the second wave are typically incredible runners. To be in the second wave, you have to be able to run at least a five minute mile. The problem was, although some of these people were built for that pace, they hadn't been trained for it. It didn't take long before runners in the third and the fourth wave started passing the runners in the second wave because those second wave runners hadn't properly managed their pace. What's interesting is more runners from the second wave failed to finish the race than any other wave, including my wave, which was filled with people who run north of 10 minute miles. And, you know, I've seen this same thing happen when it comes to our faith, to our spirituality. A lot of people start out strong. I've seen it time and time again. People who come out of the gate with with a bang. They give their lives to Jesus, make a bunch of changes, start telling everyone they know about Jesus, like who he is, what he's done in their lives, and then adversity. Somebody doesn't buy into it. Somebody doesn't believe they changed. Somebody... Talk trash or talk smack to them, and they fall back into old crowds, old habits, old ways, and next thing, you know, they just drop out of the race and go back to their old life. And quite honestly, people like that have done Christianity more harm than they've done good. See, the world is full of fast starters. It's not how you start that matters. Just ask the tortoise and the hare. What really matters is how you finish. I want to talk about that today in a message we're calling, Finish the race."
0: Hey, welcome to Chew on That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we are discussing the last week. The
2: final week. The final week. The final
0: countdown. The week 10 of... Two Timothy.
2: Second Timothy. To Timothy. We should start a poll and maybe just see like where people are at after listening to all of these weeks of us mm-hmm. just sit here and banter about second versus two. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we, we over the last 10 weeks, you've, you've joined our church and you joined our show as we uh, broke down 86 verses of the Bible, which... Not very many. Not, not very many. You can no. tear through that thing. I, I think as I've, as we've done this as a church, gone through this book. I think I probably write it no less than. I don't know, maybe 30 times yeah. in, in this, wow. in these last 10 weeks, just always mm. just brushing it up, re- reviewing from the, the sermon. And I think my fastest time was three, forty five or ish ish. Wow. You know, if, if I, I, it's one of those, you, you start reading, you're like, you just look at the clock and you're like, yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I'm pastor Keith, like I said, uh, joining me as always is Megan. And this week we have a guest. Woohoo! We have a guest. Should we, okay. We'll play it out like this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like, like pastor said in the intro, yeah, it's all, how about how you finish yeah. and pastor Dallas just couldn't finish the race. No, no,
2: no. Oh, wow. That's harsh. That is harsh. <laughs> no. One week Dallas is he's, out. He's like, I can't do it. Pastor Dallas is actually, uh, out at Catalyst Kids Camp. Yeah. It's not really kids, but.
0: That's kind teens. of teens, teens. Yeah, yeah, I mean right? yeah, they're they're not adults.
2: Uh, so they're having a good time. We're getting picks on our staff text of volleyball yeah. and stuff like that. So we had to bring in we had to bring in another big gun.
0: And so and that's the best the best uh Thing I could say about our guest. Yeah. So our guest, uh, his name is Nate Gozen. Um, for the vast majority of you, I, I I would be shocked if you didn't recognize him, <laughs> right? You might not know yeah. his name, but I would be shocked if you've been coming to this church for a minute and you didn't recognize either him or his wife, Aubin. Yeah. Uh, they are both. Uh, they they serve on teams. They serve on the creative team. Uh, they're here every single week. One of them is. And a- as a Jesus person, I, we we always emphasize that you need to find people to live life with Mm -hmm. and to be discipled by and to do discipling too. And Nate is one of those people for me. Nate has spoken into my life over the last three years that I've known you, Mm -hmm. uh, more than I think that he realizes. And I've just tried to repay that in, in, in a little bit. So Nate, uh, he, he comes to our church. has been going to our church for years. Him and his wife, Aubin, super cool people. This should be a plug that if you're not involved in a team that can, that can, get you around people that will change your life. I don't know what else you would be. Nate, uh, locally, he owns a, a company, Renovation X, their contracting company. He's done, him, him and his wife run and, and, and operate this awesome company. And they've done beautiful work at me and my uh, wife, Jenna's house. Um, it, I, I can't plug this guy good enough. Yeah. Like, like, wow! I cannot plug this guy good enough. So Thank Nate, you. say hello. Hello. That was quite the intro.
3: It's nice to be known as the, the big dog. What was that? A the big gun. The top gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, we <laughs> could
2: gun. go with Top Gun. I like
0: Top Gun. Uh, call yeah. me Maverick. Yeah. You <laughs> you <could> call-
2: <laughs> well,
0: he, like if you guys were paying attention, uh, uh, what, two weeks ago when Dallas was doing the, the message, um, yeah. he called out Nate. In, in second service, he said, well, I want to eat these darlings, but my inner Nate. And, uh, and I, I think a lot of people like that might've really slipped by. He said? He, <laughs> said, he said my inner Nate. Uh, and so Nate gives, gives me in Dallas a uh, fitness advice. Nate awesome. takes working out seriously. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. And that was, uh, I sat in the back during that as he said, and I started laughing like the inner Nate because he says that he's like, when we talk in a small group, he's like, I want to eat it. But my inner Nate said, no. He's That's my internate said, "Well, dude, what are you doing? Don't do that." I
2: like how Pastor Dallas said that because he obviously wasn't thinking about it when he. He was just like, he was talking to a, you know the congregation like a friend.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm internate.
2: You are internate.
0: The the one and only internate. Um, so what do we what do we know? So. uh, what do we, what do we know? This is the, this is the end of the series. Yeah. Uh, Nate, Nate, let's, wh- yeah. Wh- what do you, what have you thought about this series so far, Nate? Cause I mean, for nine weeks, I think our listeners know kind of how we feel about it. Yeah. Right. What do you, what do you think? Well, um,
3: I guess first off, this is, this is probably my favorite book in the Bible. Um, it's Paul's last mm. letter. And it's just something to, to think about as we wrap this series up is um, what would you want to, have your last letter be, what would, what would you write in your last letter? And so this one is, it's particularly uh, interesting because we see how he, how he decides to end this. And uh, I think pastor did a, just a great job wrapping this up. So uh, the whole series has been awesome. I love diving into to different um, opinions about scripture and, and different viewpoints that I can't see just reading it myself. So.
0: Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I, I don't know about you, Megan, but I actually, I actually like If I were to rate series, Mm -hmm. this is up there. Oh, Um, yeah. This is, but then when I, as I rate my favorite series over the last seven years that I've been a part of this church, uh, they're always one we do studies on books. Yeah. They're, they're never one offs that aren't actual book studies. Mm -hmm. And this one is for, I would say, I would say top three for sure for me. For sure. And, and ask me at any given moment. And that top three of those three series rotates on which one I like the most and which one was third. But again, I've been through a lot of series here. And so yes, this this holds a high place in my in my list too.
2: I totally agree. I feel like I get the most out of the um, series when we're talking context, we're talking biblical, you know, like verses and breaking it down. It just helps me understand the Bible so much better. I mean, Pastor Sean, he's brilliant. So um, just to hear. Kind of like his his take on it, right? And like how he strings stuff together, I'm just like mind blown every time. So I, yeah, I feel like I do um, get a lot from the Bible series as well versus kind of the one offs. But then again, I like the one offs where um, we can grow in a topic a little bit deeper. And so I'm sure there's some of those coming up as well. So it's a good it's a good balance, right?
0: Oh yeah, so. I, we 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 pitched at last week that like we, we we know the next series yeah, is do. coming and all the media assets have been created as of late last week. <laughs>
2: yeah, I just kind of like slid it, and
0: that's starting next week. Uh, we are doing yeah. a, a series, and I don't know the exact week count. Like usually, when Pastor uh, when Pastor Sonny, and Pastor Sean say that this is the one we're doing. They usually say, and it's gonna happen for an X amount of weeks. Right. And um and our next idea is we might want to pivot here. So they usually like give a couple steps in yeah. advance. I don't know how long this series is going to go on. It, it's a rehash of a series we did uh back in the first building.
2: So can we say what the series is? It's called
0: it's the Holy Spirit. Ah,
2: there you go. The Holy
0: Spirit. So yeah. it's gonna we it's a rehash of that series uh right when right when they came to came to church here mm-hmm. right when they came to Green Bay. Yeah, I
2: don't I honestly don't remember.
0: And I I remember because I I recently had to grab all the uh old footage from it mm-hmm. and we 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 put it we posted it on on Facebook, did we? So people could jump in because people were questioning Oh, uh, the have,
2: throwback series. Yeah, the throwback series, oh, yeah. the throwback yeah, yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: people were having questions about the Holy Spirit. It was just it felt like it was a, it was like a hot topic to yeah. that people wanted more information on a couple about 2 months ago, right when we started this one I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh and as Second Timothy was going uh ah. second. Um <laughs> as that was going, we were we yes. as a as a staff, we were like, Well maybe we should just rehash the Holy Spirit series and um and that's exactly what we did. So I'm really excited to get into that because
2: Sweet.
0: as a as a Jesus person like Nate, your take on Holy Spirit. You feel... You, your hot
2: take. What's your hot take? Yeah, you, yeah
0: <laughs> hot take on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Nate's just looking at us going like, like when
3: like, do I is talk? is this
2: what you guys do, do on do, this podcast? Do, do, when, when do I start <laughs> talking?
3: Let me tell you guys what the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> no, I I actually was talking with my wife, Aubin, about um, like when we remember encountering the, the Holy Spirit first. Mm. And Ooh. to be honest, I don't know when the first time was, but I will say... When we pray as a church, especially before service, when we pray f- over the chairs and, and the people that are coming into the building, um, I don't know a person in there that doesn't feel the presence of wow. the Holy Spirit and yeah. just how powerful, like I, I get the chills sitting there and just praying over those seats and um, seeing what God's going to do mm. through that service and, oh, and through yeah. us.
0: So I love <laughs> The Holy Spirit for me, and this is, uh, if you're listening and you're not as seasoned, of a, of a of a Jesus person which is totally cool because this is like when I wasn't a, high, a like seasoned person um, I I really felt the Holy Spirit was a lot like the force in Star Wars mm. like the yeah th- the closer you are to Christ mm. the more you're going to feel that presence mm. you know the closer you are to the fire you feel the heat the Holy Spirit is like the force it's like, yeah. uh, they explain it in Star Wars that the forces are on everything. Mm-hmm. It's just some people are a little bit closer to it. And then once you're closer to it, you can feel it more. You can yeah. not necessarily manipulate it, but you, mm-hmm. you can see how it manipulates you and how it moves everything in the world. And, and as, a, as a kid, because uh, I was a kid when I was 19, when I came to Christ, so I, for all intents and purposes, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a kid growing up watching Star Wars and then like having that experience, I'm like, ah, it makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. you know like it it's it, it the holy spirit's involved in everything it's always around but when you're ready when you, when your ears are are in tune and when your heart's in tune the holy spirit will become present in your life and and so that's my take on it i don't know maybe in a couple of weeks i'll be like that was that was totally not what it is you know <laughs> so we'll we'll see but uh so let you want to get cracking on the show yeah let's do it let's do it
1: this letter. He was not a fast starter. He, he actually was relatively late to the game. He'd never met Jesus in the flesh. He hadn't followed him, sat at his feet, witnessed his miracles, listened to his parables. He never drank the wine that he had changed from water. He never heard the sermon on the mount. I mean, he was actually an open opposer. He had dedicated his life to crushing Christ's cause until he had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. And from that encounter on, he dedicated his life to undoing all of the damage that he'd done in the past. And like if Paul were a pitcher in baseball, he, he wouldn't have been a starter throwing a nine inning, no hit, perfect game. He, he would have been a reliever. He, he would have been a closer with a wicked fastball.
2: <laughs> all I could think about was in service, my husband kind of elbowed me at that part and he leans over and he goes, fastball because uh, my husband was a baseball player a pitcher. Babe I totally and, get this I'm <laughs> <fastball. basketball. laughs> just like, "Oh my gosh." Um you know, the something that came to mind uh for me out of this clip was, how are we managing our time? Our life is all about time. And it was the same for Paul. He felt like he lived the first, I don't know, 3 quarters of his time in a way that was uh extremely poor and terrible. And he had to uh, compensate for that with the latter part of his life. And so how are we managing our time? Are we, is that something that we're going to regret when we get to the three quarter mark? Are we going to look back and be like, man, I wish that I had done all of this stuff different. And now, now that I've had this encounter with God, I, and now I got to start living for him. Like what if we had that earlier? What if we had that sooner? Um, Are we, are we even thinking about that? So I, I think it's interesting that Paul had, like Pastor Sean says, the encounter that changed it for him.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. What if he like, what if he hadn't? He just would have been, not you know, nothing. None of this would have happened. And so he's the like, the one guy, I, my point is like, God has such a great plan for you. And when you can be humble and be open and be willing to like change your schedule, for God. Just, just wait and see what God can do.
0: Well, that's good. That's really good. I, <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, we I, didn't, we didn't go, I,
2: I stopped and then it goes. <laughs> we actually
0: didn't explain to Nate how the show works. Yeah, so, like usually it's like someone raises their hand when it's right. When they're ready to go. And I, I usually don't jump in, in the beginning. So, ah. so for future reference. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. So my hand yeah. was not
3: raised, but uh, <laughs> here I am in this chair. So, um, I I love it. I, whenever I think about um, Paul's story, I, I I think about my story. And um, I was I was born into my faith. I was baptized as an infant, and um, it was just expected of me to to go to church uh, yeah. when I was growing up. And and so I fell away from from my walk with Jesus. I I strayed the path, uh, so to speak. And um, when I think about Paul, and you know. I guess you could say how evil he was for a long period of his life. Um, it, it's encouraging to me to, to know that, you know, he wrote a good portion of the Bible mm-hmm. that, that we get to study and that yeah. was breathed into him from God. And, and so the encouraging part is that, you know, God can work through people that have been broken and have been evil. And, you know, there were, there was definitely a period in my life where I was broken and, and evil.
0: So, wow. Yeah. Uh, So Paul was one, one of the more highly educated people in that day. Uh, He was uh, mentored. He was, he was what he, he had aspirations of being a high priest. So like in that day and age, I was a decently high rank Mm -hmm. in, in society, in uh, religion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he had, he, I, 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 I like to think of it like he was like a, like a celebrity. Like he, people knew who he was, mm-hmm. right? Like when he came into town, people were like, yeah, Saul's here. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, this, this, we, we, we want to, A, listen to, listen to what he has to say, but we just want to be around him because he has, uh, he has pull, he has weight. Mm. He's very popular. Um, and then when, when it, biblically, when, uh, when you, 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 you read of the conversion, when Christ showed himself to, to Saul, turned him into Paul. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like to think like, cause I, I do like to read the, the book and relate it to my life that I may not have the, the most, uh, like it, it won't go down in history. Like, Oh, when, when Keith was saved, mm. you know, but it, it does go down in my history yeah mm. and our experiences may be, uh, different. Our outcomes may be different, but that moment is still as big. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like you said, Nate, <clears throat> God has this woven plan for each one of us and we all have to play our part yeah and and I know when when you're a child you dream of you have big aspirations and children should mm-hmm. right but at the end of the day sometimes we don't do those things all the time right some people don't always fulfill their aspirations right and as we age I guess we get numb to that we're, we're kind of okay with go, falling into our day-to-day mm-hmm. but know that these the day-to- day is important. You know, we we we're we're a culture, we're a society that routine is very normal, mm-hmm. mm. and and that's that's fine. You know, routine's not the devil, but when when we do something, we have to do it with vigor. Still, we have to do it with joy. Mm. Christ wants us to do all of our things in joy. We he, and and pastor's going to close out the series. The message is is an over arc on the is, we, we we're gonna be exposed to people and we have to preach. Mm-hmm. And sometimes preaching isn't uh sitting on a corner mm-hmm. and, and picketing with signs. Sometimes preaching's just your circle of people being the best example for Christ that you can. In this samba, what what stood out to me was the uh was 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 one pastor said he on that moment then he spent the rest of his life trying to make up yep. for for the the uh the ter- uh, really the terrible things that Saul did, Paul then tries to make up for the same person. But when Christ says you're reborn and you're new, I look at him as two different people. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like, because that has been a a, a, a struggle in my um, my faith walk is trying to build up enough points to cancel out the bad stuff I've done. Wow. You know? And and when you said that, Nate, it was to say, I, I wonder how many... How many of us Christians have that? I know <clears throat> talking to people that come new to the faith at through the, through church here, pastoring them. That a lot of people, what God, what, why would God want anything to do with me if mm-hmm. He only knew? And then you stop me, you're like, God does know, bro. God does know. Yeah, it's this isn't this isn't like a God's in the other rooms. Like, what are you kids doing over there? Yeah, you know, God is very present in this room. Mm, that's but, good. But even even so, like, I I I I. I for for a lot a lot of years in this faith i've i've if i just keep doing good maybe 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 uh he'll forgive the things i didn't do good mm-hmm. and that's that's a me thing that's a me problem that's a me and that's a me and god problem that's a communication between him, me and him that he's forgiven me and i've saying this out loud for myself he's forgiven me i just have to forgive myself so that's what i took out of that line what, what do yeah. you got megan
2: um you reminded me of you know the two on the cross next to Jesus and how even though they had lived what whatever they had done in their life it, it ended up with them being crucified right along next to Jesus but when they saw Jesus immediately they knew and immediately Jesus said you will be with me today in, yeah. in paradise right and so just it just takes the one moment for someone, even though there's years of baggage and there is so much and you feel like you could be swamped in it, right? And it just, you don't understand what it was all for. Uh, Psalm 37, says, the Lord delights in the steps of the godly. He, he delights in every detail of their lives. Like God loves the process. And um, that's something that I remind myself when I'm in like a season of, I don't know what I'm doing with my life or where should I go? What should I do? I'm reminded that during this time, there's so much growth that I'm going through or, um, you know, when I'm facing uncertainty or challenges, like God delights in those things. He's ordered my steps to go through that. And so it's a process that if I'm still being obedient, if I'm still living a godly life, then, then this is a good process and I'm, I'm meant to go through these things, right? Um, and, and that is what it's all about.
1: After he's finally given all of the directives, we get to this spot that we're at, which again, I think is perhaps the the most robust and the most difficult part of it all. It's the most important part of this entire letter. It's because after he gives all of these directives, after all of the business is done, Paul shows his humanity. And, And in these last few verses, I want you to understand the context probably more than any other week. Paul Paul is lying in a Roman prison. It's difficult for us to put that into context because sometimes you've watched on Discovery Channel the shows about prisons and you go, huh, I don't even have cable. Like you think these guys, like it's it's different. It's like a Roman prison was unlike any prison the world had ever seen. I mean, there were, there were some people, let me be clear, there were some people that when they were arrested in the Roman Empire, they were allowed to be under house arrest. And one time, Paul was that. Paul was allowed to be under house arrest in a friend's home, and he was chained to Roman guards 24 hours a day. Three shifts of Roman guards were chained to him, and he got to share the gospel with them eight hours a day, three different guards. It was incredible. It was like Paul was so psyched about it. But this is different, y'all. This is a rap for Paul, and he understands that. Mm,
2: the end for Paul. Uh, I like the idea of who who are we chained to, and are we sharing the gospel with them? But then also, if this was the last moment that we could ever be chained to that person, are we are we are we living the right way that? that it's going to inspire them to carry on. And I think we're at that point with Paul where he realizes this is it, I'm done. And so did I leave um, a good enough, was I essentially living out God's plan well enough that it's going to continue or did I fail? Was I the missing piece? But it's not all about a, a person either at the end of the day, right? Like God's God's plan will prevail and um, his purpose will carry on. So- in this, I don't know, I I feel like understanding what Paul was going through, the suffering that he was experiencing at the end um, of this letter and just the way Pastor Sean kind of framed it really helped in my mind make the whole rest of it come alive. Like what Paul had been feeling and experiencing and, and seeing and still <laughs> what he was writing and still what he was believing for and still what he was working on. And, and it, you know, it's it's just really cool to see, um, yeah, how, how humble of a guy that he was and how, yes, human that he really was when he was still living out God's purpose and, and plan. And um, I hope that I can, how can I be more like that? Like, you know what I mean? I, like, I want to, I want to write that down and just think about that all of the time. Like how can I, even in my humanity, even in my hunger, frustration, anxiety, depression, even in all of that, how can I still be more like God? How can I still inspire others and and connect the dots and help God's plan work even better? Am I being a good servant? Um, so yeah, those are the things that I think about from that clip.
3: Yeah. Wow. I love what you said there. Um, about the, the context. And like, once you understand that he was suffering, but yet he still wanted to write this letter, uh, well, it's just, it makes it much more powerful when you do understand that context. Um, but like I, like I said in the beginning, um, what I think about this, this final message in this series is, um, uh, you know, how would I want to write my last letter? What would I want that to say? And, um, it, it got me thinking about this, this, um, idea of, um, you know, if I had a, a cure to cancer and I didn't tell someone about it, yeah. like I, I would feel so guilty. I would feel um, like it was my responsibility and my, my duty to, to tell them that cure. But I have the cure for someone's soul and for someone's salvation, right? And how, how often are we afraid to tell people about that? How often are we afraid to tell family members or friends or even people that are so close to us, you know, what, what Jesus can do in their mm-hmm. lives? And so like, like you said, like, what am I going to leave behind? Um, And that's something we really should think
0: about. Yeah. So he, Paul was already, had already had his trial. So the later on pastor, uh, like later on, I mean, by later on, it's like a minute later, (laughs) uh, pastor (laughs) discusses that uh, Paul has already had his trial. He's already been found guilty Yeah. and there's no retrials. Mm -hmm. There's like, that's done. It's done deal. So uh Paul at this point in time as he writes uh Timothy to Timothy to Timothy uh he knows he's got about 7 days before he is uh he's uh uh sentenced right in in our, in our model, uh, modern uh penal laws uh sometimes that that if you're found guilty in our courts i mean it could be a year before you're sentenced right mm-hmm. just sitting on him romans didn't take that long no. they 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 got at it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um so he 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 has this pretty good assumption that within 7 days it's done. Uh I wonder like as I, as I read the read this. Um cuz Paul never really says out loud, you're never going to see me again. You know, Paul never really says out loud, mm. by the time you're reading this I'm dead. Yeah. He doesn't say that, though he knows it. And I wonder if it's I mean as you say as I say it out loud, I wonder If it's his character saying, I'm not actually going to be, I'm not dying. I'm just going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to write this letter as if the next time he reads it, we're going to be together. Or then I wonder if he, if he thought maybe he's getting out of it.
2: (laughs) I don't know. You You know, know, I've had kind of an interesting shift. um, I would say, I don't know, in the last like year or two about what death can look like. And it almost for me, it's like, I had to realize like, I'm not, like I'll still be, I'll still be, you yeah. know what I mean? In my mind, like I'll still exist. <laughs> yep. Like, I think we kind of see death as like, boom and done. Mm-hmm. But this is, yeah, you're totally right, Keith. Like showing us how um, it continues. Yeah. Like you're, you don't just vanish.
0: Yeah. Right? He wasn't writing a letter of finality. Yeah. Though he knew that, that he's, there's no way he can even probably get another piece of parchment paper and and pen to write anything, let alone the ability yeah. to write it in his confines. I mean, he was in a uh, coffin S style jail where even, I mean, he's not stretching his arms out, you know, and then pastor explains that he's in essentially a cage that's stacked to save space. So the person with the lightest sentence is on the top of this six stack of one, two, three, four, five, six prisoners on a cage. And then the one line pastor said is like, can you imagine just the stuff that's falling down onto him? Nope. And you know, I wanted so badly to put that in the song clip, but I mean, as pastor explains this, that was like four minutes long.
2: Yeah.
0: And these sound bites have to be under two. So, <laughs> but uh, that, I mean, that's a scene.
2: Yeah.
0: If you did, like, if you didn't remember that description um, from Sunday, re-listen to it because that painted a picture for me.
2: Yeah, same.
0: That like, so he's just in a box that he's like, he's, he's not moving. Like, what if you get like a really bad itch like in the back of your head, like that would have been tremendously difficult to even scratch. And yet he writes a letter. Yeah. And I mean, even the fact that they gave him paper and a pen was in my head, I've, you know, I can imagine that that was probably a miracle in and of itself. And as, as he writes this laying down and, and how can he make this on this, this cage to start writing a letter that's even legible, but God and, and he saves he saves face the whole time. I mean that that I don't think any human would have been would have been like let down if Paul showed his cards and was like I'm scared. This sucks. Yeah, I I disagree with this 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 this. But God, you know, and he writes like I agree, Nate. One of the best eighty six verses in the Bible for me. Mm. You know, in the absolute worst of his conditions, in the epitome of. I mean the story on Earth is concluding, and I I I I I stress to you listening. Like if if you're not waking up in the morning saying these might be my last 86 verses, what am I doing mm. with it? Yeah. I I do that every morning, and I don't want to ride a high horse and be like, well you should get on my level. No, I do that every morning because, and we talked about it last week on the show. Like when this ends, when this concludes, how are the people around you going to talk about you? Yeah. Are they go? Is is it going to be? This, this man helped change my life. I, I, my children need to hear stories of this man. Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to fade off as a vapor? You know, okay. and I, I just don't think that myself, I don't think that the things I went through and the things that Christ overcame through, I don't think it was for me to just do a routine day to day and keep it to myself. Yep. You know, and That's I think true. the same thing, I think the same thing with every one of you guys. There's you. You play a part here. You're 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 on this axle, and you're a spoke that really, really matters. Because without you, the chain doesn't work. Wow,
3: that's good, man. That's really good. I, along those lines, um, I was thinking about a a decision I made um, many years ago. I I decided that number one, I was going to live no matter what with joy in my life, and that that joy would come from Christ. And then number two, that I wasn't going to wake up one day old, alone, tired, and not fulfilled. Hmm. So I make that decision every day, and that it's something you have to do. If you don't decide to do something exceptional, you won't do it because it's not easy. It's not easy to live a life that you, you want to be proud of and that God would be proud of.
1: And these final words are Paul's final attempt to finish the race, to hold together what God had started through him, to further his apostolic calling. It's why he lists Crescens, Titus, Tychicus, Carpus, Erastus, and Trophimus. These were all guys that he had either sent to or left at churches to run them and to grow them. Like he was wanting Timothy to understand, these guys, they're not like Demas. These guys, they didn't abandon me. You're going to show up and they're not going to be here, but I need you to understand that I sent I need you to understand that this movement that we've started, it doesn't die with me. It's in good hands. Like he's telling Timothy. I want you to take up the mantle of this ministry and take the gospel to places that it had never been, to people it's never been available to. And I think these words are so appropriate for us because in our culture, we are so dependent upon a guy who stands on a stage to be the guy who delivers a message. But I I may never meet your neighbors. I may never meet your cousins. I may never meet the people who come to your businesses and your restaurants. Like I may never have an interaction with them. Paul never met 90% of the people who came to faith. He never met you. He never met me. And yet my faith has been founded largely upon three people, Jesus, Paul, and David. I've never met any of them. Yeah. And yet, the people who you have in your life who I will never meet, if, if you've been impacted through me, then they should be impacted through you.
2: Pastor Becky told, uh, told me something a couple weeks ago and it stuck with me. She said, when someone says something like, oh, somebody should do something about that, She's like that's you. You're the person. You're you're the one who's supposed to do something about that, right? And uh I wonder if we look at telling people about Jesus like that. Like, man, there needs to be people down there, you know, with the poor and in with the people that nobody else wants to be around and they people should be doing something about that. But man, that's that's supposed to be us. And um if We're the ones who are coming, Um, we have the ability to come on a Sunday morning and get filled up and excited and, you know, we're not doing anything about it. It just kind of like, it dies, it fizzles off. Um, My day job here is marketing and in marketing, the best, the thing that just works the best is word of mouth right? Uh, If you get word of mouth referrals, it's usually your best clients. Um, Word of mouth, it just, it holds the most weight. Like I can do all the print advertising and TikTok reels, you name it. It just, it doesn't work the same as someone hearing from someone else, their testimony, their journey, their experience, why they love the product, what, how they use it for. um, It just isn't the same. And so word of mouth is our best tool. It is our best marketing strategy for Jesus, sharing our story, our testimony. And that includes all the stuff that we went through. Yeah. You went through a lot of stuff and some of it really sucks. Um, But sharing that and like how, how you, you know, have come to understand it with Jesus as your savior, how you've worked through stuff, that's preaching the gospel. And you know, it can feel like, well, do I have to turn around in the grocery line and say to the person behind me, you need Jesus. Like, no, it doesn't necessarily look like that, but you can tell, you can tell somebody who Jesus is because there's a lot of confusion right now in our culture about who the heck Jesus is. Yeah, People don't understand how he lived, what his message was, even what he said. Um, And that's really, it like hurts me for Jesus. Um, and as you
0: say, like yeah. in our culture, that's like, there are... There are seasoned Christians,
2: one hundred that don't
0: get this. Yeah, and in fact, you might. The, I, would, I would venture so far as to say the sentence you said was targeted toward some seasoned Christians, if not the majority. You know, right. because there are a lot of people that get go down a rabbit hole of no, I think I think this is it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. I don't have to study it anymore because I, I I got it. Right. And in my experience reading the Bible, that's not that's not. And maybe I'm maybe I'm not as smart as as some of y'all, but in my experience it's the more I've studied these verses, the more I've studied the context of these verses, the time in which these verses were written in, then I'm like, oh, that opens up a whole nother nother box on what that could mean. And then as I age, as things happen in my life, as my children grow, as society turns, as as it always does, as as new friends enter my life, and then we talk about these verses. Mm -hmm. And that's a a big, I got to emphasize to y'all, we talk about these verses with my friends. Then I'm like, I never thought of it like that either. The book is compiled of many books that are that are literal and metaphorical at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if we only rest on the metaphorical, we miss part of the literal. And if we only go down on literal, it's tough to met- to put it in a metaphorical stance in your life. Right. So that was that was great, Megan. I love that. Yeah.
3: Wow. Um, first Timothy, um, chapter one, verse 12 says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. And that, that verse applies to each and every one of us that we are appointed to serve him. And that means that God chose us to serve him. And man, Megan, you mentioned, uh, you know, the most powerful way to sell something is by your own testimony. Mm. And I I didn't understand that when I came to Christ. And um, one thing that really encouraged me was uh, hearing your story, Keith, and when I heard your story, it, it encouraged me to not feel shame about my story because yeah. I was, a f- <laughs> I don't know if that's good. <laughs> it,
1: like, like, well, like,
3: gosh, yeah, it, he's the, I mean, and he's doing okay. <laughs> if Keith was that messed up, no, nah. no. but I, I did feel shame and I yeah. felt guilt and, uh, surrounding myself with more leaders in our church. I, I was uh, afraid to talk about who I used to be. Wow. Um, But when I started to do that, I noticed that more and more people were encouraged to do the same and they saw something in me that, um, also lived in them and, um, where I've come from that, that point.
2: Yeah. I would totally concur with that. Like I carried a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and it, for me, it was like it needed to be sworn to secrecy right? Like no one could ever know yep. the things that I've done or where I've been or what I've seen, right? Like that just needs to die. Yeah. <laughs> but the truth is I needed to die to it. Mm-hmm. And then I needed to share how God rescued me out of it because that's the that's the story. Like there's, it's a good story. This tale of Jesus and the gospel, it's the good news. There's so much good news for you, for the listener, for your family, for your kids and your neighbor. And yeah, the person in the grocery checkout line, because God wants to save everybody. He wants everyone to come back to him, but he needs us because you know what? Jesus isn't on the earth right now. So using his spirit, are we going to go out? Are we going to be obedient in sharing the gospel, even when it's So tough. And to just imagine, yeah, Paul, maybe he's dangling at the bottom of that six person coffin thing. (laughs) Maybe he's the last guy. And that's the thing that's burning on his mind is you need to go out and keep, don't be done. Don't be done. Like no regrets. I feel like he probably would have had that too.
0: Right? Tattooed across yeah. his chest. Right across his chest. No <laughs> gray, gray as he, regrets. As he's doing pushups <laughs> yeah. in his coffin cage.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, just I, keep yeah. going.
0: I, I
3: heard on a, a podcast um, over the weekend. Um, so I'm, I'm no golfer, very bad at golf. Um, and I, I heard on this podcast uh, that Tiger Woods has missed way more putts than mm-hmm. I have being not a good golfer. <laughs> and it made me think just now you were saying like, it can be hard and it, like sharing the message of, of Jesus is not always received well. Um, but Tiger Woods is an excellent golfer because he mm. puts a lot, mm. right? He takes a lot of swings and that's what we ought to do. So,
0: yeah,
2: that's
3: good.
0: That's yeah. You, you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. You know? Uh Yeah. So you guys, you guys said some, some, some you know, really good things. Uh, I don't know where to start. Okay. I'll start here. Um, so
2: <laughs> what sport are we talking about? Wayne Gretzky and hockey or Tiger Woods and golf? Honestly, honestly, kind of I, in between the two. I had a
0: thought and then, <laughs> then I like went down this rabbit hole of watching Tiger Woods <laughs> putt in my head. I'm like, Oh, what am I talking about now? Um, yeah, That's in, true. in, in, in my experience, uh, the, the people that I am called to preach to, and I say preach with a parenthesis, uh, the finger things. Air quotes. Air quotes. There That's what it is. Um, uh, for, for me, I, if I don't have a relationship with somebody, I'm probably not called to preach to them. For sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that we're in a culture that the loudest person is probably the right one. Mm-hmm. Like the... If you're the loudest person in the room, people are gonna hear you, and that has to be the truth. So I just have to be louder than you. And yeah, and then turns into this screaming and in in my life, in my in my faith walk, uh, I, I am almost never the loudest person in the room. In my life groups, I'm almost always the quietest person in the room. and that's not on purpose, but uh, I just don't have the approach of you need to do this down and pointing fingers at people because that has never yielded results. Yeah. Um I, I will almost never and by saying almost never, I, I would actually prefer to say never, but I don't know if I ever do by accident. I, I almost never give advice. You know, I, because it, it it advice is pretty cheap and everyone has it. Uh, but I can tell you how I did it. Yeah. And if you can apply that to your life, then that would be what I would say worked. I'm only gonna give you a blueprint on how I got out of desperation, how I got out of hell. Uh, if it works for you and I think it will because it's all founded on Christ um, then yeah that's my quote advice mm-hmm. but I, I don't when I when I pastor people I don't I don't do the sit down and be like this is what you ought to do you know it almost always leads with the first question of so are we you're praying on this correct?
2: that's <laughs> and, really good and
0: almost that. every answer to that is not really Mm-mm. have you tr- and then, then follow up have, have you have you tried? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could.
2: (laughs) Someone told me they're like, if um, if the advice you're getting isn't directly pointing you back to God, that's no advice at all. Right. So... consider that like, because you're still a Jesus person. You still love Jesus, but you can still give really bad advice. yeah, Yeah. Right. And like, you don't understand, you don't know, you can't even comprehend what Jesus is trying to do in the life of somebody else. And so when they're in a situation and they're going through something, I mean, your advice may be, helpful, but it's not necessarily the purpose. And so keep that in mind and keep directing them back to the one who cares for them far more than you ever could, who loves them perfectly, Mm -hmm. who has a plan and a future for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, just look at workout advice. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a million ways to get 12 pack abs, right? I'm looking at Nate because he's got him, (laughs) (laughs) and he just laughed. (laughs) (laughs) But if you look online, like I, I myself, I always had a really good metabolism growing up and I was always athletic and I was a runner and stuff, but I, I, I eclipsed the 40th year of my life. Uh, this last yeah, year,
2: things start to change.
0: I, I, I'll tell you what I can't run in every day. Doesn't isn't easy anymore. <laughs> so I've it since in the last probably year and a half. I've been well. How can I maintain a, a healthier lifestyle? A health, I'll say a healthy lifestyle. Uh, if I if I can't run a mile and a half a day, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so that brings me down. Different. Well, you you could try this. You could try this. But there's so much advice, and that's what it is. There's so much advice, and some of it will get me there. Some of it, I'll tell you, my 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 core probably looks the best it has since my twenties right now. Some of it will get you there, but there's a there's a, what the old the old quote. There's a dozen ways to skin a cat.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, advice like you said, Megan should point people to the one that they should be getting advice from. And in terms of you know fitness and health, like maybe it's good to advise someone to put down that donut. Yeah. Right. In the same way. Uh, mm. maybe it's good to tell them to go to the gym, but spiritually, you know, maybe we should be telling people to pick up the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, the best advice is, and, and, and we'll, we'll wrap this segment up with, with like this, like, I'm not going to say go read the Bible right now, but I'll, but I'll say, I'll tell you, yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I felt those feelings and you know what worked for me? I read the Bible. Mm. Have you tried praying? Cause it works for me. And if it works for me, I don't think of myself as an anomaly. I don't think of myself as unique by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, think of myself as a normal human being. Yeah. And if it works for me, then by all means, this should work for you. And if you don't know how to do those things, like how to pray, if you don't know, you don't know where to start in that Bible, and you just don't have people around you to say, "Well, this is this is how I did it." Get those people. Yeah. Every Sunday, there's there's like a thousand of them here. You know. And, 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 and if, if, if it's like, if you're asking them, quote, how do I read the Bible? And in your head, you're like, well, it's just like, how do I get a six pack of abs? Uh, And, and that doesn't work for you ask somebody else, you know, somebody else can get you there. Uh, Myself, I, I, and we've talked about this couple of weeks ago on, on the show that the, the best play I had was I started right from the, right from the beginning of the book and I read through, you know, that might not work for you though. That's fine. yeah, <laughs> just pick up the book. I have found in my, in my, in my reading of the Bible experience that uh, generally what I need to hear, I can almost always obtain that information on a question I'm praying about if I just close my eyes, open the book, and it usually turns out that God has given me the answer right there. Now it wasn't always that way. I get, I, I promise you that. Um, but the closer I have gotten to the Holy Spirit, it, how much easier that has become because I'm just more in tune with it. Mm. Like we said in the beginning of the show. I was just more in tune with the force. So I can start moving things. jet a mind trick people. <laughs> I don't know. This new series it might be totally of like course. Yeah. I'm gonna totally have a, like a, a a an epiphany of oh, that's totally not the force, is it? But You're I'm gonna,
2: gonna so, come to church with like a lightsaber <laughs> just like I'm ready.
0: <laughs> like Oh yeah, yeah, like I don't already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh
2: you do. Okay, cool.
1: It's not easy to live our lives in forgiveness. It's not easy to live our lives in repentance. It's not easy to live our lives with urgency because like our lives, they're just happening. Do you ever, you ever feel like like life is just happening? Like, like you're just going through the motions? Do you, you ever feel like you're doing the same thing now that you did three years ago? You're using the same coffee maker you're going to the same gas station you're doing like all of the same things and as though although routine is comfortable sometimes it becomes a crutch and I think that God is challenging us uh, to do something that we've never done to go somewhere that we've never gone to tell people that we've never imagined that we could tell to take this message these directives that God spoke through Paul to Timothy in just 87 verses and to install them into our lives. Because if we'll do this, and only if we'll do this, we'll be able to fight the good fight and finish the race. And so I wonder if you'll do that today. I hope you will, because this race that we're in right now, it's a qualifier. Wow.
3: Yeah, he said that uh, God is challenging us to Go new places and do new things, and um, we hear it from from Sean often that um, he's feeling called to go and start churches in places that are broken, and you know, we have that same calling to go to places that are broken, and, and you know that that instruction is clear in the Bible that we are to go make disciples of all nations, and all nations includes people that don't know Jesus. It includes people that are evil and especially those that are broken and and we're called to point them to the one that can put them back together.
2: Yeah, so good. Um, Routine, I, I feel like, yeah, Pastor Sean hit it on the head. Sometimes it feels like life's just happening to you. And in those moments, I really feel like deflated, like I'm not living out. I don't have a sense of purpose and I don't know. I'm just with the wind and it's so frustrating. And um, so when I'm in that, that time or that season, I would say pouring myself, you know, back into like God's word and God's purpose helps pull me out of that. And honestly, if I got anything out of this series, it's just been like, be radical for Jesus, be a radical Jesus person, like go out there and, hit the pavement and do what you know God is telling you to do. Like whatever he's asking you to do, just go ahead and do it. Like just trust in trust in God a little bit, <laughs> you know, who, who among these is going to have any faith? Do you have any faith? Are you at the bottom? Is life just happening to you? And you're like, well, I don't know. I guess I tried that faith thing once and it just kind of dried up on me. And I, I don't know. I, I, it's a con, it's a constant, like life is, it's hard and being a Christian is full of difficult choices. Like we have to make hard choices every single day. I've said that before, because I've, I really believe that like you're going to have to make a hard choice today. It might be really hard for you today to read your Bible, promise you, you're going to get something out of it, but it may not have been easy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, and I have, uh, I have two rules at my company. And the the first one is that we are, we're going to honor God with all of our decisions. And so we filter all of our decisions, um, based on that. But the second rule is just to act, to, Mm. to move, to do something. And this idea of failure, um, and it's never final, right? We can fail and learn, um, or we can decide to quit. Mm. And, you know, the message isn't going to be received well by everyone, but, you're going to change someone's life who will change someone else's life. And, and you know, that that equation, um, it's exponential.
2: Yeah. And
3: so that that rule of acting um, and, and just doing something, like you said, Megan, like we, we just have to do that. Like no matter what it is, you may not know exactly what God is telling you to do, but uh, the more you understand scripture and the more you listen, the more God will speak to you and the more clear it's going to become what he wants you to do
0: the the line that stuck out to me was was a cuz this race it's a qualifier and i i got chills through my body when when he said that cuz it painted a different picture in my head than uh than i was than i was working with so I, I i'm a big motorsports fan that's one of those, I, I don't know how many, how often we talk about like our actual interests here as hosts, yeah, I don't know. but I, I love motorsports like Formula One and MotoGP. Um, they're like my favorite sports. <laughs> uh, I love the NFL, but, and I'll say that with a, but, uh, I, uh, like in 20, 2007, I was getting bad NFL hangover, uh, so when the season stopped at like second week in February, until like June when they started talking training camp, and then when training camp started and preseason <laughs> started, like I had this like hangover, like, oh, what am I gonna watch? Do I do? And so I started picking up <laughs> random weird sports, right? And uh, and Formula One and Motors GP were I uh, picked up those sports that first year, and just to feel, because their their season runs in the summers. And just to fill that gap before the NFL starts up mm-hmm. again, and then something happened a couple of years in i'm I'm just like I'm not reading so much about like the Packers anymore but I'm reading about these 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 teams and so motorsports teams have they're compiled of uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of l- legitimately the best experts in their field mm. and we, a lot, I, I think a lot of people have this conception of in a motorsport team, it's it's a driver and maybe like a manager that's in the pit talking. Um, but it, the the actual fact is that there's dozens upon dozens upon dozens of engineers, of, of people that work on electronics, of people that are tire experts, just tire experts, of people that uh, uh, understand how the weather is going to affect the engine and how they're going to build out the engine based on the weather. Uh, of the twenty one tracks that they go to. So there's these group of people that are are specialists in the world. And if you think about a Formula One, like this is a world sports, the second most popular sport in the world. Like in, in the United States, it's it's decently popular. Yeah. But in the rest of the world, this it's is like, like fandom. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's what, 25ish teams compiled of maybe a hundred people. So when you start going in the world, like the world is my oyster to pick the best specialists in the world. Uh, you know, I can pick uh, so-and-so from this country because of his, uh, his demeanor and his, his uh, past. Um, I, I think of this team, this compiled of ultimately the best people in the world 25 times over uh, as, as our life, right? These, these small, it's, it's not just- about the routine it's about how we're building our quote team quote like ourselves uh the bible's in there it's part of the team uh discipleship is in there it's part of the team your diet is in there you know i know when i eat good i feel better when i feel better i'm more inclined to do other things my work where i'm my professionally working it's in there all these things compile me that is going out there to race. It's not just the driver. It's not just like my physical being. It's all the other specialists around me that are compiling into my team. So I can go out there to get one hot lap. That's what they call it. The fast lap, right? That's what a qualifier is. in order to be positioned for the race. You go out there and you have to run one hot lap. Hmm. Now they're going to, you can run a whole bunch of laps, right? The qualifying sessions are like typically 15 minutes or three times over. Uh, So you got maybe half hour to run one lap. That's all you got to do. And your fastest lap is going to be the one that you're accounted for. When he said, "This race, it's just a qualifier. Like this race, this world, this life that the Bible tells me is going to be the worst of my spiritual existence, yeah. will be on this earth."
2: Yeah,
0: I'm just running. I'm just running hot laps, yeah. trying to find the hottest lap to get out of qualifying to get placement on the grid, <laughs> oh, right? To yeah. get placement on the grid. Yeah. I'm just looking for one hot lap, but I'm going to take a bunch of them going to keep doing this thing over and over and over. And that's going to position me for my race, which is eternity. I just need a hot lap and it might not be on pole position. That's fine. But I just got to go out there and keep going for my best hot lap and know that it's not just me. I got the Holy spirit as my, as my pit crew. Mm -hmm. I got the Bible. He's working my electronics, making sure my tires aren't going to overheat.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I got my friends that are working on all different aspects that a driver would have on any given Sunday. And all we're trying to do is make it. So my one hot lap can position me for my race. And when I, when I looked at it like that, I'm like, Oh, is this world is people don't realize they're even taking laps. Right. You know, they're going out there with, with their tires with the wrong tread. Yeah. They're going out there with misinformation. You know, their pit crew is like saying, no, you got to take this corner at that. Their, their data is all wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's why their laps aren't good. You know, and then I, I think I'm running good laps right now. I think I'm running hot times, but I go back to my pit crew and I say, I think we can do better. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where are we losing time? What corner are we losing time? I need a better angle then. I need a better trajectory, a better apex around that corner to just get a couple tenths, shave a couple tenths. And I know if you don't listen to motorsport, watch motorsports, all this, this segment might not have made sense, but I'm thinking that one or two people do. Yeah. And we just got to, bro, we just got to cut. We got to figure out a new trajectory around that specific corner on that track. And we're going to save tenths of a second. And that's going to position us better in the long run. You know, and, and and maybe maybe it's not about how fast you go around it, but I sure want the quality of how I go around the lab to mean something. Absolutely. And if the quality's there, I think, I think I'm going to put up the times right? If I, if I do the best possible lap, I'm going to put up the times. and That's what I'm doing this for. I'm, I'm not done taking laps. This, when, when, when my job's here, when I'm done when being the spoke in that axle, he'll call me up. But until then, I got I to I put some times in, man. I got to put some times in and don't rest on my laurels. Don't, don't rest on, you've read this Bible a lot. You probably know some stuff. I know, I know enough to just be stupid now. Yeah. You know, I know enough to be like, well, maybe I don't need to learn anything more. That's how you know enough to just be stupid. Yeah. You know, I emphasize to to you, if you're, if you're turning those laps, hey, God sees it. He sees them laps, you know, and it's probably just one corner that's doing it. You, you, you I don't know what, maybe that corner is an addiction. Maybe that corner is a bad relationship. Maybe that corner is you getting in, in the way of things that you shouldn't be. And once you figure out the, the better trajectory around that corner, your lap times are going to be coming in. And then you're not even going to ever want to pit. You'll just be like, no, I got this, man. We, we got this. And you'll call, you'll call back on your team on, on, on the mic and be like, we got this. We're, we're turning some laps. I'm gonna, this next one's going to be even faster. I emphasize that to you. Y'all are listening because you still have a heartbeat. Y'all are here because you're still, your job ain't done yet. When your job's done, you're called up. And then- On that day, it could be sad. But on that day for me, when I'm called up, I want people to to realize that I'm cool with it and I'm really happy about Mm -hmm. it. And I want people to be laughing at my funeral and enjoying time. So y'all got time still.
2: Can we call this episode Motocross for Jesus? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes that segment that
3: clicked so hard for someone they were just loving oh that, i dude. hope i hope so because
0: i'm like thinking like if i'm listening to him I'm like yeah dude yeah yeah bro oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put on the medium tires come on let's go man <laughs>
2: all right we're gonna make a life church uh t-shirt that says motocross for jesus
0: anyway uh if, if anyone likes motorsports and doesn't have people that Talk to me about it, please, because I could definitely be your life group. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> so, Very niche, but it's cool. And it is, and yeah. it is. I, I I didn't really in my life group. There was one other person, uh, uh, Jessica Hogan. Pastor Jessica's husband loves motorsports <laughs> sure. too. And of you course he does. And you don't know those things <laughs> yeah. until you're sitting down next to you and it's you'd be like. What do you like to, what do you like to do? Uh, And then he told me, I'm like, I do too. (laughs) That's awesome. And we'd be bros. That's what it was. At the end of it, we're like, I just think we became really, really good friends. (laughs) You want
2: to know how to make friends. There you go. And I want (laughs) to emphasize that
0: with you. If you're listening, you can do that too. I mean, yeah. Come on, come to the church. There's there's someone for everyone here. Mm. And there's someone that shares your interests and <laughs> you just need to ask, what do you like to do? Oh my gosh, it turns out I like to do the same things. So and then good. and then you have a relationship. So, hey, thanks for joining us for uh, this episode of Chew On That. If you enjoyed this episode and think someone you may know may benefit from the topics we discussed, please share the link to the podcast on your social media platforms. Hey, we'd also love it if you would rate and review the podcast just so that more and more people could be exposed. Do it. To the life-giving message of Jesus and Life Church.
2: Yeah, come on, share it. Let's be radical for Jesus, guys.
0: Let's do that. Let's turn laps for Jesus, guys. Hot laps. (laughs) Hey, thank you, Nate, for being our special guest. I know we're going to have you back because I know that Dallas is awarded uh, some fourteen days of PTO throughout his year, and we'll definitely come. (laughs) (laughs) So hey, we appreciate it, bro. Um, Hey, thanks, Megan.
2: Thanks for joining us, guys,
0: and that that closes uh, to Timothy.
2: Yeah, so excited! Can't wait for next week.
0: Next week, Holy Spirit. Hey, my name is Pastor Keith for Megan and Nate. Hey, we can't wait to talk to you again next week and come hungry because we are gonna. I can't do it. Chew Chew on on that, that. baby. That's how it's done, (laughs) guys.